make him an offer to gamble. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead. Make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent, buy or stream the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. Say hello to my little friend. The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to the Best Movies You've Never Seen podcast. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm your co-host. I'm the movie expert who's seen all these movies and recommending them each week to my co-host, my good mate, Trevor Long. Trev, welcome. G'day, Stephen. Ready for this one for sure. Well, isn't it ironic that here we sit, we are actually separated. Uh, I'm at home, you're in your own studio uh, and reason for that is uh, I've got COVID, would you believe? And... The movie we're covering is Outbreak. Oh, <laughs> just sorry, a warning. I'm not there laughing is, at you. Oh, please. There is some explicit language, so just uh, just be mindful of that. Outbreak was released in 1995, starring great cast Dustin Hoffman, Rene Russo, Morgan Freeman, Donald Sutherland, Kevin Spacey, Cuba Gooding Jr. Now, as you probably know, Outbreak is a movie, is a movie about a virus that is uh, found in Africa and somehow makes its way to the United States. And uh, here we are, and me, I've got a vi- little virus of my own while we're recording. Of all shows, in the, in the 115 shows we've done, this is the one that I get for COVID. <laughs> Isn't that funny? This it is movie wild. was actually inspired by real-life events. About uh, It was covered in the book by Richard Preston Jr. called The Hot Zone. Now, get this. This book caused a bit of a development war between two different studios. So 20th Century Fox initially optioned the book and were planning on getting Ridley Scott and to to direct Robert Redford and Jodie Foster to star in their version. Ran into problems, script wasn't wasn't very good, so they it really it was it was cancelled. So uh, what happened uh, Ted Talley uh, was hired by Arnold Coppelson, who worked on the script. Uh, they liked it, and they decided, you know what, let's shop it around. First person they asked to star in the movie, Harrison Ford. Wow. Harrison Ford declined. He said no. But then Dustin Hoffman uh, and Wolfgang Peterson, the director, both signed on to star and direct, respectively. 
and Warner Brothers were delighted by this, and they uh, they greenlit the movie for release in 1995. Now, you had any impressions of this? Had you seen this, heard of this? You didn't catch it during COVID? What happened? Nothing. Maybe I heard about people watching it during COVID, but no, I got nothing. I, I had no concept of this. There's a, There must be another movie about pandemics yes, there or is. something as well. Because The I, other movie that you're thinking of is Contagion. Right. Starring gotcha. Matt Damon, Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, that, that's a, that's – that actually has more similarities with the COVID pandemic right. than outbreak. Outbreak's assume, all about Ebola and these deadly viruses. We're doing that one next week. <laughs> Maybe we'll line them up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. So, what was your thumbnail on this one? Was it just the three main stars? What was your thumbnail on Fetch? Oh, I feel like it was. Uh, it had a red color to it. Yep. Um, from memory. Um, but yeah, I think it just had people in. It. I mean, what else? Would, yeah. Oh, uh, picture of a monkey too. I think the monkey. Yeah, no, I, no, I'm right. I'm I'm just looking it up. It was a big red, um, red side with a picture of a monkey and the three stars. Yep, that's okay. It. Yeah, nice. Now, as you would imagine, the movie gained a resurgence in March 2020 <laughs> after COVID and the pandemic, and it entered the the Netflix top ten most watched movies during that month. Wow! Even though at the time it was 25 year old movie. Wow. Made the top ten of Netflix. <laughs> the movie also features four Oscar winners. They weren't Oscar winners when they made it, but they went on to win Oscars. So you've got Dustin Hoffman, who won an Oscar for Rain Man. Morgan Freeman won an Oscar for Million Dollar Baby. Kevin Spacey's won two Oscars, one for American uh, American Beauty, and I think he won an Oscar for The Usual Suspects. Cuba Gooding Jr. won an Oscar for Jerry Maguire. Okay. Our man, Roger Ebert, what did he say about this? Love it. Outbreak is the kind of movie you enjoy even while you observe yourself being manipulated. The Hoffman character has been recycled out of dozens of other movies. He's the military version of, the old, of that old crime standby, the cop with a theory no one believes in. Sutherland plays a role so similar that he himself can be seen playing the flip side of the same character in a Soviet uniform. But the roles are well-written and acted. Morgan Freeman, as a general caught in the middle, brings something quite real, a general trap between obeying instructions and his own better instincts. It's a Hollywood law these days that all thrillers end with a chase. Mere dialogue-driven endings are too slow for today's attention-deprived audiences. I'm not sure I believe the helicopter chase sequence in Outbreak, and I'm sure I didn't believe the standoff between a helicopter and a bomber, but by then... The movie had cleverly aligned its personal, military, medical, and scientific plots into four simultaneous countdowns, and I was hooked. That's a very good review. Wow, that's outstanding. Yeah, it's good. yeah, that's very good. That is a favourite of mine. So you, uh, this is this is now your last exit before the freeway. We're going to take a deep dive into Outbreak, but if you haven't seen it, now's your chance to put it on pause and go watch it on Fetch. That's right. Along with thousands of other movies, you can rent and buy on Fetch, and that's one of the honestly the standout features of Fetch is the movie store. Literally thousands of movies. Uh, the website's showing 10,842 right now. Everything from Barbie to 57 Seconds to Equalizer 3, they're all there, um, and they're listed for you to find uh, easily through Universal Search. You can search by actor. You can search uh, by genre. There's a bunch of great categories listed on Fetch. It's really easy to find something to watch, even if it wasn't recommended by the two blokes. You can get Fetch Mighty for your for your lounge room where you might want to record um, shows as well, like TV shows. 
Um, you've also got all the streaming services you could ever want on there. So it's literally your all-in-one entertainment box. You can get Fetch from JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, the good guys, or you can get it from major internet providers like iPrimus, iInet, Aussie Broadband, and Telstra. Okay. Now, you have actually seen the movie. Did you? When did you watch it? Yesterday? Today? Last when did night. you watch it? I watched it, it last night. I'm fresh. Okay. So what are your impressions now? that you And you've never seen this before. So your very first watch, what are your impressions? I mean, I it's one of those ones where you go, geez, wow, how close to real is this? Like, is there parts of this we should be worried about? Um, but in the end, uh, it was real. Uh, and it's funny because maybe four or five years ago, I wouldn't have seen it as real. Do you know what I mean? Like, my yeah. realism bug um, would, would have been an interesting one to see before the pandemic, but that's done and dusted now. But no, I enjoy, like what a cast for a start. That's the main thing yeah. for me is the cast. I don't know if the cast carries it, but the cast is certainly mega, mega important part of this. And now your tweet. What would you tweet about well, this Well, my one? tweet on this one is actually quite uh, quite critical to, to, the, to the timing. I said I'd never seen Outbreak, not even in the height of the pandemic, and I'm sure glad about that. But now <laughs> it's a great time to watch it. All right, fair enough. Let's get into watching. Well, now, I watched it at the movies. Of course. I, I saw this at the movies, naturally. It's always been a favourite of mine because it's a movie that I find it just keeps moving. There's, there's, It's always something one after the other things are happening. So it's it's like a two-hour, I think, eight-minute runtime, but it, it didn't feel that way to me. Yeah. How did it feel to you? Was it, did it feel long? Did it feel No, I looked right at it length? and went, oh, two hours, like, oh, I can fit this in here. And um, <laughs> But I think – I looked at the clock about about 50 minutes in and thought, wow, we're, we've got like so much, you know, we've, we've been through so much in such a short amount of time. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty impressive. All right, let's get into the casting call. Dustin Hoffman plays Sam Daniels, and, of course, he was in Rain Man, which we've covered on the show. Mm. He was in Tootsie. That's a very famous role that he played. He was also in his other iconic role was The Graduate. Uh, but you know what? There was the the movie was offered to Harrison Ford, as I mentioned. Mel Gibson was even made an offer. Sylvester Stallone, even they reached out to him to wow. play the role of Colonel Sam Daniels. They all turned it down, and the director said that he he wanted he he liked Dustin Hoffman in the part because he was sort of playing against type. He's more a dramatic actor. He's now playing an action hero. Sort of thing in this in this movie. Well, what, you know what I liked about that choice of of portrayal was because you, you learn through the movie. We'll get to it, but these are not hardcore army folk. They're more like doctors. Do you know what I mean? Like they felt yes, like they they become army folk. So yep. in that sense, it felt like a like the laws and the rules and you know following orders and stuff. It felt like the right move for the character. So I, I like that. Yeah, because. I think he was more a nerd than he was, like a doctor sort of slash nerd scientist rather than a, yeah. than an action hero. I think Sylvester Stallone in this, or even Mel Gibson and Harrison Ford, I don't think it would have. You would. It's, I don't think it's believable that they could be doctors. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Renee Russo also is in the movie. She plays Robbie Kia, which is Sam Sam Daniels, uh, Dustin Hoffman's. They're in the middle of a divorce. She's appeared in Lethal Weapon three, in the Line of Fire, which we've done. Remember, that was also directed yep. by Wolfgang Peterson. That was the question you got wrong in the millionaire question last week. Get Shorty. She was also in another good movie, a remake, uh, called, an actual remake that's as good as the original called The Thomas Crown Affair. That's on our list as well. Okay. Our man Morgan Freeman plays General Billy Ford, and uh, he was in, of course, The Shawshank Redemption. 
He was in Seven. He's very uh, million dollar baby. He won I mean, his Oscar. Seven he is, is he's with, one of the greats. I mean, I I reckon a cracking voice I, too. I, I would struggle to think that there's a single movie that Morgan Freeman's in that's not um that's not outstanding. Yeah, well, I know he he does choose his movies very well. Donald Sutherland plays General Donald McClintock. He was in the Hunger Games series. He was in the original MASH film. Uh, he was also in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which scared the crap out of me when I saw it. Really? And he was also in, we've done also uh, Disclosure. He was in Disclosure, uh, you know, yeah. with Michael Douglas? Yep. Yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. plays Major Salt. He was in Jerry Maguire, which we're doing. Boys in the Hood, which we'll get to. He was also in another film called Snow Dogs. And the cancelled Kevin Spacey is also in this. Kevin Spacey, before he was cancelled, he plays Casey Shuler. He was in American Beauty. He was also in Glengarry Glen Ross, which we've done. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. he was the office manager? Yeah, that's true. He was also in The Usual Suspects, which is on our list also. So before we get into the run-through, though, I just want to have a chat about our great sponsor, Hisense. And I'm going to focus on screen sizes. You know what our saying is around here? Go big, go big or go home. Or go home. Hisense in their their 7 series, so the mini LED series, the U7KAU, is available in sizes 55-inch to 100-inch, which you have, don't you? That's what I have. That's is what that I watched, hanging in your – That's what I watched this on at home. There you have it. And I've got to tell you, let me just say something about that TV. I haven't fully reviewed it yet, but – it is snappy, like the menu performance, the, just the overall app performance. Yep. And, man, in a dark room watching a movie, mini LED is absolutely outstanding. So I have no regrets going 100 inches. Well, and and you know what? Hisense offers not only great picture quality and sound quality, but also good value. That 100-inch TV is less than $7,000. That's 699 today. Uh, the 85 inch too. If you don't want to go 100, the 85 inch is under four thousand mm. dollars. An 85 still a big TV. I know it wasn't big enough for you, but still, 75 inch. You're under three thousand dollars for a 75 inch. This is the mini LED too. This is their very latest 2023 TVs. So I think if you're after something, if you're after a big, big picture, big screen, you want some value. You want the great picture quality. You got they've got the mini LED technology. You got the ULED quantum dot technology as well. Great sound. Gaming mode, great, great mo- smoothing motion for sport and action films. It ticks all the boxes, and you've got this amazing selection of sizes between 55-inch all the way up to 100-inch. Go big or go home. Stand in front of one in a store. Check out the size for yourself. And as Trev often often advises, measure the TV, put out the tape on the wall so you can see exactly how big it will be on the wall. You'll be surprised. It's it's actually the just the right size. I don't think anyone who's ever purchased a big screen TV says ever who's that's too big. A TV purchase of seventy five eighty five or more. So, <laughs> so check them out. Highsense.com.au. All right, let's get into the run through. And at the very start, I, I love the quote that comes up on the screen. The quote reads: "The single biggest threat to man's continued dominance on the planet." is the virus. Isn't that a wild thing to read 25 years after the movie's made? Like, this, yes. Seriously, it's amazing. <laughs> that that person was Joshua Lederberg. He's a Nobel laureate. He's a PhD Nobel laureate. 
So nice little intro into the movie. But it opens in Zaire in 1967, and we're in the African jungle. There's a war happening, and these two officers, which we find out later is McClintock and Ford, so Donald Sutherland and Morgan Freeman, they're Mm. behind the masks. So there was no need to de-age them. They're behind the masks, right? And uh, they they they're going to uh, see what's what. Then they come across uh, this strange disease. Men wounded in battle, we can deal with, but this strange disease. Thirty men dead yesterday. Eighteen the day before. We need supplies. Plasma. Penicillin. We'll get you everything you need, Doctor. You're Americans. Please, get me out of this shithole. Hey, buddy, that's what we're here for. We're going to take you home. But first, we're going to take a little blood sample, all right? I'm going to die, right? No, you're not going to die. Tell my girl I love her. You're not going to tell her. You're going to tell her yourself, all right? The soldiers inside are in the early stages of the disease. By tomorrow night, they will look like this. Mother of God. I'll authorize an immediate airdrop, Doctor. Immediate airdrop. We yeah. we will talk about that in one second. But did you see if you notice real closely in this spot, remember when he shows the he shows the patient mm. and you see the the person's uh reflection. So Donald Sutherland, you can actually make out his face. Oh really? The reflection in the visor, yeah. So his yeah. face is reflected in the visor. Um, next thing we see, the plane coming towards the village. Because, you know, and at it, this point, and let's be clear, I'm, I'm on my first watch here, so I'm right, okay, so they got, they got to get supplies in. This this is a yep. remote village. I, I don't even know where Zaire, Zaire is. Like, oh, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm zero to this, right? So, okay, so good stuff, uh, you know, medical supplies. They're all out there getting excited about this plane they can see in the distance. You know, standard drop from a from a, a cargo uh, a plane yep. parachute, but it's like this, I guess, very last minute thing where the the army people around the plane plane drop look up, and then they're the ones that realize, wait a minute, that's not supplies. <laughs> that's wild. Yep, that would have been a bit of a rude shock early in the movie too. Hey, eh? seeing that just, they just just obliterated the ta- the village to yeah, absolutely it, vaporized it, mate. Oh, you don't see that coming. You do no. not see that coming at all. Ugh. All right. So now, twenty-eight years later, so we're, we're in nineteen ninety-five, and I like I like this scene there. So this is the U.S. Army Medical Research Institute of Infectious Diseases. It's a mouthful in Maryland. This is and really well shot. This is a yeah. I like how the camera goes in and out of the various biosafety levels. It does. Yeah. A, it does so, a really nice movement. That was very yeah. well choreographed. And, and, and it's all one. Set. It looks like one shot too, which is really smart. So it gives mm. you a bit of a little bit of uh, info, bit of uh, bit of education about the whole different levels of virus threats. So you got biosafety level one, which is your common cold and all these other yep. things, and then BL four, which is like Ebola and these viruses there are no cure for. Uh, and then you see Sam and Robbie walking into the lab. Uh, it, and uh, it's it's her last day, and we find out that she's about to take up a position at the CDC. Yeah. Um, Sam, we know Sam Daniels is from USAMRIID, which is the that long name I just mentioned before, and he's in there washing his dogs. 
Two, yeah. I can relate. I've got two dogs. I don't wash them in right, my bathtub, okay. though. Right. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> and he gets a call. Uh, he's a call to action. Sam? Hi, Billy. What's up? Looks like we have a level four, Sam. How many dead? Don't know. There aren't any numbers yet. What do you think it is? Too early to say. The World Health Organization is preparing a team, but I want you there first. I'm taking you off hunt and flying you to Zaire. Okay, let me get my crew together. I'll get back to you. Bye-bye. So he's called to action, and next thing we see uh, that he turns up at his old house and sort mm. of, uh, again, a little bit of a bit of info shared. Mm. Yeah, a bit of exposition. And, and, hey, not a bad house too. Well, he's a doctor, I suppose. He's doing very well in the house there. But he's it's in the also middle of a divorce. Not, it's the not boxes. clear when they pull up. There's a there's a sold sign out the front and all this kind yeah. of stuff. But you're not. Are they moving in? Is is he visiting someone? Is this, like it's not clear at all when you walk into this. Which is what's interesting as a first time viewer. You go into it going, hang on a minute, who, who's he's got the dogs with him? Is this where he now lives? And I I was sure there was someone else in the bathroom when he was washing the dogs, but uh, you know, it must have just no. been my mind playing tricks on me. It was his reflection? Yeah, and so then, yep. so then he goes in here. I'm like, well, well, who's this? And what's so it's 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 a lot to take in. Yeah, and this is the first time we meet Robbie, which is she's in the process of becoming his ex-wife. I've, uh, I've got to go away. Where? Zaire. They think there's been some cases of hemorrhagic fever in the village there. Casey gone? Yeah. And Jaffe, whole crew. Most of it. So you want me to take the dogs? It'll just be four days. Okay, but I'm going to Atlanta on Friday, so if you're late, the dogs go with me to Atlanta. Fair enough. What are you going to be doing at CDC? Working BL4, same as you. Why is it? Well, I like to think of it as my job, and I wanted the Pentagon breathing down my neck. So we've there's we, a lot of background, and that scene ends with uh, she says, "Are oh, you going to pick up your stuff?" And then she she he he sees that all the photos that they are in together, she's giving him all the photos, and he, he gets he cracks the shits and and yeah, says, oh, like, "You keep them." You're all. taking all the photos. You keep them. Oh, it's, it's a nice yeah. little. So basically, you get the sense that it's a amicable yet yet tense, you know, separation. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you, it doesn't feel at all like an angry separation, but there's there's a lot of little there's things just niggling yeah. away. Yeah, definitely. Now, they're at the airfield. They're about to head off to Zaire, and uh, we see that Sam is there with his crew. Casey's there. The new recruit, Major Salt, which is uh, Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, and Ger- General Ford is also there. thought if I showed my star around here, it might speed things up for you. Is it working? <laughs> no. <laughs> Personnel file on your new man, plus telex traffic to date, and satellite photos from the last bird over the area. Sam. Sir, get in, get out. Much as I hate having you around here to make my life miserable, I really don't want to lose you to some bug in the field. One question, sir. Go on. What have I ever done to make your life miserable, sir? You got up this morning, didn't you? <laughs> Thank you, Billy. So that that's the first exchange between them, and it, obviously they share a history. They've known each other for quite a while. But even also, that's Morgan the first time, is superior. That's yeah. the first time I see the Dustin Hoffman, Hoffman carrier uh, character be a little less um, army than normal. Like normally, it's you know major yeah. general, it's all that kind of stuff. There was an informality to that exchange. Didn't yeah. you feel like well, they're a, mates. Yeah, they're friends. A, but even. Yeah. You know, Leo McGarry and, and and the president always still he still called him Mr. President. Like yeah. it's that respect thing. And remember that was played on in the West Wing. It was like you know he, he always did that. And there was only a couple of times where he didn't. Whereas this moment, I just felt yeah, it's 
there's a there's a familiarity there that goes Absolutely, well beyond yeah. their their work. Now the rookie is on the plane. This is Cuba Gooding's cha- character, Salt. Mm. His surname is. He's on the bo- He's on the plane, and they're explaining uh, what he may expect to see. You've never been on the field. No, sir, but I'm fully trained and highly motivated. Sir. No, 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 I'm talking about landing in a hot zone. It's a unique situation. Have you ever seen the effects of hemorrhagic fever? No, sir. Allow me, sir. Major? Yes, Major. When the patient first gets the virus, he complains of flu-like symptoms, and in two or three days, pink lesions begin to appear all over his body, along with small pustules that soon erupt with the blood and pus, a kind of milky These substance. These particular lesions become full-blown. They feel like mush to the touch. There's vomiting, diarrhea, bleeding in the nose, ears, gums, the eyes hemorrhage, the internal organs shut down. They liquefy. That's very good, Major. Uh, we've read that in the book, too, but in about 16 hours, you are about to see it. In the flesh, so to speak. I feel confident that I can handle anything we encounter, sir. It's just one of those panics that puts us all in danger. And he's under direct orders not to die out there. And that's one set of orders he's actually planning on following. <laughs> Again, a nice he's, little tidbit that, that shows... He's got all the good lines, Kevin that this guy is not your average, you know, uh, army leader or, or military leader. Absolutely. Well, they, they, they're on the ground um, and seeing what, what we saw at the start of the film... Back in 1967, it appears that it's a similar type of virus. Similar village too. Like, yeah, looks the and, same. And uh, Salt loses it though. Remember when he sees the victim? I think there was one. There was a couple of parents that were dead in the bed, and the baby was crying, still, still yeah. alive. Uh, and let's be real. Uh, I don't know how anyone could prepare themselves for that. You could prepare yourself yeah. for all the warts and lesions and bloody eyes and whatever you want, but to open a, a mosquito net and see a, a young four-year-old child sitting with lesions clearly infected on the laps of his dead parents is yeah. wild. That affected me. And and Salt, uh, he, he, he starts to lose it. I think even Spacey, like um, Casey, he calls it, and they tell him, don't don't take off your helmet, and he starts vomiting, and then and he takes off his helmet, and then they said, okay, I think, and this reminded me of COVID. Okay, isolate him. Dustin Hoffman says, okay, isolate him. So put him, put him away from everyone else. So uh, we learn, though, that the the virus is quite deadly. So the 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 there's a scene here where the one of the elders of the village says that no one lives more than a couple of days, which actually works in their favour. So because they're yeah. such a remote village, he said, if anyone got out, the nearest other town is fifty miles; they'd be dead in two days anyway. Yeah, so that and plays it's, it's, in their favour. It's favor. fascinating because that stuff I reckon five years ago wouldn't have made a lot of sense to me, but now you go, that makes sense. Like, imagine if COVID showed. And, you know, it was over and done with in two days, you'd be like, okay, well, we can see the spread of it. It's yeah. just, it's amazing how you look at a movie like this through the prism of, of lived experience now. Yeah, it's, well, oh, they're I, talking about incubation periods and isolation yeah. and all those yeah. sorts of things, which we were well across during the COVID. On the way back, they write to General Ford and describe how deadly the virus is. And there is another little scene here where a little monkey gets captured in a net. Even thinking, before oh. the monkey getting captured in a net, there was a lot of shots of monkeys. And yeah, so I knew in the trees. I just, yeah, I just knew the monkey was the reason this virus had lasted these these years, and then that monkey got captured. I'm like, okay, he's coming to America. Like it was yeah, just that part host. of the plot was very obvious to me. I like this bit where Sam crashes General Ford's party, and he's insisting that they issue an alert. 
Sir, I sent you the fax six hours ago. Sam, I can't I believe I'm not going to issue an alert. I don't want to bust up your party, sir, but you got to issue an alert. You said it was contained. I said Sam. containment was probable. You should be monitoring Sam, the airports. You got do you remember 1989? Yeah. You found two lousy cases of Congo fever in Nairobi, and we put a note in every American kid's lunchbox. you remember that? Yeah, I was wrong. You were wrong. Uh-huh. What, what about 1992? Lots of fever? I was wrong. wrong again. Yep. But you lied about this. No, I could be wrong about you this. Walked but you walked into don't... my party smelling like dirty socks, snatched me away from Senator Rosales, whom I need not remind you, Sam, is head of the Senate Armed Services Subcommittee, which is in charge of our fucking budget. Forget Ebola, forget Lhasa. This bug kills so fast, Billy, Keep you can be dead. In... Now, that is exactly my point, Sam. What? It is the very lethality of this virus which is working for us here. These unfortunate people don't live long enough to spread the goddamn thing around. So you're right, it is contained. I hope so. There was a lot of Rain Man in that. Like, you know, that moment where he goes, <laughs> I was wrong. And then he asked me to get, I was wrong. Yeah. Like that, that, that moment there was very Rain Man to me. <laughs> we see now the monkey is on a ship called the Thai Cook, bound for the US, and the guy that captured it is feeding it bananas and uh And your immediate thought is, dude, you're... Dead. Your toast, exactly. Uh, Sam's wife, Robbie, is about to start her new job now with the United States Center for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, meanwhile, Casey and Sam, they're talking about their – Casey heads in the lab. There's a funny conversation about it. Look, your marriage is over. She's your ex-wife. Get on with your life. And in in his – in the in the conversation and his obsession with this maybe issuing an alert, he doesn't notice there was a tear in his suit. Yeah. See this? He goes, there's a tear in deadly. his suit. He sprays it, tapes it over. And this is the part where they're looking at the Mataba samples and just amazed with how fast it can spread. It infects the cell, replicates, and kills this fast. These numbers can't be right. Ebola takes days to do this damage. Sir, as the numbers are correct, I wish to God they weren't. One goes in, millions come out. Every cell is dead. Now we see them individually, searching for the next victim. So there's nothing left to kill. Mark this day, Saul. We could spend our whole careers waiting to see a new virus. Sirs, Mr. Motaba, up close and personal. I hate this bug. Come on, Casey. You have to love its simplicity. It's one billionth our size and it's beating us. So what do you want to do? Take it to dinner? No. What then? Kill it. It's a great line. One yeah. billionth our size and it's beating us. Again, relatable. But what I, what I find fascinating about this moment in the movie is, yeah, I, as a first-time viewer again, I'm looking at it going, I'm, I'd forgotten about the, the early part of the movie. So it's it's I think it's critical that they bring it back at this point, which is where you know Ford clearly at night or when they're all gone yeah. now kind of go, goes into the it's not a break in he just goes in yep. and grabs a sample and I, my first thought was dude are you going to destroy those samples but he just grabs yeah. one goes away and I think he he essentially compares it to the one from you know back in 1967 and you start to realize there's a there's a bit of a there's a bit of a cover up going on here. Oh my God, it's our African friend. Is back. We have to be very careful now, Billy. We wiped out a whole camp to keep this bug secret. Right. Walk it up, shove it. You know about this. I know about this. Nobody else. Get your friend Daniels off the case. 
I don't want that nosy little bastard messing up 30 years of our work. So that's the first time we hear yep. McClintock not, not wanting Daniels anywhere near it because he knows Daniels is like a dog with a bone, right? Yeah. He knows he's going to want to do everything he can to the point where Ford actually takes him off the case and was going to send him to New Mexico. Lieutenant, would you be kind enough to get us some coffee? Would you like anything, Sam? Why am I off the top of billing? Nothing for the colonel. Yes, sir. Sit down, Sam. Now, did you or did you not say that Motaba was contained? It's going to pop up again. We don't have a blood test. We don't know how it's transmitted. We don't know diddly squat. Well, there's a fresh outbreak of the Hantavirus in New Mexico. CDC needs help, so we're sending you. No, send Peterson's team. Don't tell me who to send on an assignment, Colonel. I told Senator Rosales I'd send my best man. That's you. Now get the hell on out of here. We've got baseline information on Hunter. What am I going to do with the trap rats, Billy? We got the bug growing. We've got most of the protein isolated. We'll have an antibody test within a week. Casey's put the bug into rodents and rhesus, and if everything goes well, we'll know the genetic sequence within a month, and if you leave us alone, we'll map this guy down to its last gene. Make you famous. Sam. Yeah. The odds of Mataba causing us any more problems are about a million to one, and you know that. No, I don't know that. Well, you should. And you would if you didn't harbor this morbid desire to face the end of the world. So again, Dustin, uh, or Sam, I should call him, he's still the guy who's thinking, oh, look, you know, we better be careful. Something's going to happen. And everyone not, not, not believing that there's a possibility. But again, he's got that history. Um, yeah. Is his in- other instincts always correct? But we now know about there's some weird cover-up going on with McClintock yeah. and Ford. So you now kind of, your, your movement kind of sides now with Sam. You're siding now with the idea that this thing could yep. be bad. Of course, we also know there's a monkey on a ship. <laughs> Speaking of the monkey, uh, we see Jimbo, played by Patrick Dempsey. What a who, role, uh, too. This was like an early role for him or, or what? Yeah, because 95, he was around. Yeah. 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 And uh, this is Jimbo. He worked at a biotest lab, and uh, I think he's trying to sweet talk the security guard to get something out of there. Oh, I see. So your ship came in again, eh, Jimbo? Our ship, Neil. <laughs> Our ship. Africa. Land of great beauty and untold riches. Absolutely untold. Keep it that way. So there's a few things that happen now. We see. By the way, it was very clear that this is not his first time he's done it. No, that security guard is there. He he picks those knights to pay off that security guard. But yeah, now it all now it rolls in, and you got this happy moment where Jimbo's got the monkey in the back of the car, and they're playing music, and he's like, "You should be relaxed because there's music." The monkey's sucking on a bottle, but the monkey like spits water on him. Yeah. And it goes in his mouth and, yeah, so you think, oop, you're gone. Um, Meanwhile, too, Sam is talking to Robbie. Remember, Robbie's now at the CDC and wants to – he wants her to back him to issue an alert and Mm. still he's getting resistance. But old Jimbo, after he got spat on by the monkey, turns up at a pet store in Cedar Creek in California and the pet store owner, the guy named Rudy – Says, mate, what are you doing? He goes, I wanted a female. We wanted a male. The guy wants to breed him, and this is a female. And in the process, the monkey just reaches over and scratches Rudy, and you think, oh, he's gone. He's gone as yeah. well. And, you know, we're all we're all we're, we're all doing contact tracing at this point. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and there was no internet or apps back then to do it. No. Robbie, meanwhile, is trying to get the alert out for Sam. Again, met with some resistance. Jimbo realizing that 
okay, I'm not going to sell this monkey. I'm just going to release it in the wild. So this is near Cedar Creek, California. Uh, next thing we see, Jimbo is on a flight back to Boston. And he and looks showing, like crap. He looks like me right now. But don't the, don't like the directors right and, and the whole way this scene is done is just meant to – just to cut at the parents watching because you're watching this little kid in a cowboy suit walk down the yeah. walk down the aisle of the plane. He turns, he sees Jimbo kind of slump, slump, but Jimbo's just taken one bite of a cookie, left it there. The kid's thinking, hey, can I eat that cookie? And Jimbo goes, yeah, sure. And he's about to touch you thinking, no! <laughs> and his mum stops him. And the so mum like, stops him. I yeah. thought it was a really cool thing in the movie to make yeah. it, you know, it's like a diversion. Not everyone can be infected, right? So. Yeah. It was a really cool little diversion to make it was a nice really scene. buy yeah. in because you're like, no, mate, and then he doesn't. Yeah, so. well, the mum comes Oof. over just in time, and Jimbo, I think the kid's dressed up as a as a cowboy or something, eh? Or a sheriff. Yeah. He's a sheriff. Sheriff, that's it. And he goes, I don't, and Jimbo says, I don't want any trouble with the law. He yeah. sort of uh, tries, still makes <laughs> jokes with the little kid, even though he's not, he's not feeling very well. Gets home, and he's, he's greeted by his girlfriend at the airport, and she lays a big kiss on him. Now, mate, and then he, in... Even in the most heady days of your yes. relationship, in the early days with Joe, <laughs> I can speak for Amanda very, very clearly here. Even in the first weeks of our relationship, if I looked half sick, yes. she wouldn't come near me. So what's this chick doing giving him a slobbery kiss yeah. when he looks like he's about to die? Yeah, he, and he actually, and a second later, he collapses. Yeah. So see you later. Cut to the pet store. Rudy passes out, knocks over all the all the aquarium. Yep. So. Two two victims right there. Yep. Moving along, we see there's a technician sort of working on blood samples. He's listening, he's got one ear on the football. Yeah. And he puts his hand into you know how it, it spins, you know, the centrifugal yeah. force spins the blood samples. He puts his hand in it while it's still going and blood smashes and sprays him on in the face. So that's oh. that was Rudy's blood, you know, the pet owner. Yeah. So Rudy's blood is that that was splashed on his face. And then he tells the doctor, he goes, oh, look, am I going to get AIDS? Am I going to get it? He goes, he goes, am I going to give something to my girlfriend? He goes, mate, all you need to do, give your girlfriend some flowers from time to time. That's all you're going to give your girlfriend. <laughs> and he thinks, oh, I'll be sweet. But we'll come back to him. <laughs> we'll learn about him. What what happens here, um, Robbie learns about Jimbo and his girlfriend mm. and gets on a plane to Boston. He says, right, well, I need to get on a they, – they hear about it. He goes, book me on the next flight to Boston. So she gets there. Uh, and when when she sees she's trying to get some sense out of Jimbo, did you come in contact with an animal? What are you doing? Mm. And in during that conversation, he actually dies, and the girlfriend oh. in the bed next to him says, "Oh, he's dead, isn't he?" And yeah. so she's gone too. Oh. But they do the autopsy, and it's an absolute mess. And afterwards, she calls Sam. He worked at an animal quarantine facility in San Jose. He might have gotten it there. We're monitoring all of his coworkers. The host could still be there. Don't let anybody out of that place. No, we're isolating everybody. I've already quarantined the Boston Med staff, EMS crews, girls' neighbors. Oh, Christ, Sam, I opened this guy up. Looked like a bomb went off inside. His pancreas, liver, kidney, spleen, all the organs were liquefied. Christ, I should have forced the alert. I... You tried, but it still wouldn't help those two kids get tissue samples to both our labs. I'll confirm that it's more tolerant. Robbie, is anybody else showing symptoms? No, not yet. CDC has a stage three alert out of there. Any new cases? God, we'll find out about him. Well, what about that girl? Oh, she died when I was in post. She wasn't on the plane. So the first time she had contact with him was at the airport. The plane got in at 9 o'clock. She was admitted at 6 o'clock next morning. The most we're talking in a 24-hour incubation period. Oh, God, this 
thing moves so fast now. Sure, it moves fast, but that's good for us. At least we can see it. Nobody gets sick within 24 hours. We're in the clear. Mm. It's, so a, it's a reminder of that, that really important um, The speed, you know, yeah, process, the yeah. incubation. Um, so that, that remember when she – remember after the guy died, after Jimbo dies and he goes, oh, and, and all the doctors, all the nurses, I'm not helping you with the autopsy. I don't want, I don't want to get what you had. <laughs> and she says to the doctor, she says, look, maximum sharps precautions. Remember she said that? Yeah, yeah. And then when the doctor's hand's shaking like a leaf, she says, look, give me the scalpel. Yeah. And he passes her the scalpel which is actually not maximum sharps precautions. Maximum sharps precautions mean you put the scalpel down and then the other person picks it up. You don't pass anyone a scalpel. Well, that's not so that, petty the, now, though, but yes. <laughs> yeah. So he should have uh, should have put it down. The technician who was sprayed with blood, member is looking like death warmed up now, and yep. he decides to go to the movies with his oh, girlfriend in Cedar Creek. And I love this little bit, member where there's people, he's coughing, the and graphics they use it, here, where it yeah, kind the little, of goes, the yeah. little droplets flying through the air, and you're thinking, uh oh, and you, it, it's slow mo showing it spreading in the theater. Uh, the doctors tell the technician that he caught it early. Remember, he's in hospital. He, he walks out of the theater and collapses, and he's in hospital shortly after. And he says, "Look, mate, we caught it early. Just need you to fight. You should be okay." The girlfriend is there as well. Did you notice her? She's sick, yeah, red she eyes, sick red already, nose. Yep. So she's gone. Uh, and then all of a sudden, while these two, while they were there, all these other sick people present at the Cedar Creek Hospital, and they think, "Holy hell! What the hell? What's going on here?" Now, now it's looking like a, a big problem because there's a lot of people turning up. And yeah. see, you see, we've seen, we've all watched hospital shows where they get like a red alert that there's been a terrorist attack or a bombing or whatever, and yeah. they're they're expecting fifty people. But this is like just normal small town hospital with two people sick, and then suddenly. They've got literally tens of yeah. people coming in. So well, yeah. I like this scene of the CDC. They find out about Boston. So Jimbo and his girlfriend were the only two cases in Boston. No one else presented. CDC's popping champagne corks and cheering. And then one minute later, they get the facts about Cedar Creek. And they learned that there is some new cases. So Sam learns about Cedar Creek too. And he decides to go and, uh, to go and uh, have a chat to his mate, Mr. Ford. You're telling me there's another outbreak? Yeah. Besides the one in Boston? Well, I don't understand why you're reluctant. The CDC and Jasamler are the only two agencies capable of dealing with a virus like this. That's why I want to get out of here tonight. They need all the help. That- Sorry, Sam. Can't do that. Billy, why in God's name would you keep me out of there? It's a civilian matter, Sam. That's bullshit. CDC is on it. Let them do their job. Oh. Besides, we don't have a charter. Oh, fuck the charter, Billy. It's not about a charter. People are dying. It's about you being a doctor. It's about that sacred oath that we took, Remember? Billy, we've been friends for 20 years. I yes, we're friends, Sam, but I'm also your boss. I run this outfit. It's not run by committee. You do what the hell I say do. I'm your boss. I have my boss. Is that clear to you? Yeah. Get your boss on the phone. Call up McClintock. Tell him to put me on a plane before the two of you kill a lot of people. Colonel, I'm going to suggest that you shut up now before you say something else you're going to be sorry for. And don't forget who you're talking to. Well, tell me who I'm talking to because I don't know who I'm talking to anymore, Billy. Am I talking to you, Samrit, the Pentagon, the CIA, fucking McClintock, Dugway? Tell me who I'm talking to. This conversation is over. Can you tell me who I'm talking to? You're on a plane to New Mexico this morning. I suggest you go home and get packed. I'll do whatever you have to do, Colonel, and I suggest you do it now. And naturally, Sam disobeys orders. Of course, he decides, you know what? Renowned for that. Yeah. And he goes to the airfield and t- tells the, the guy, the airman in the, saying, oh, you better get, there's been a change of orders. You better get the general on the line. And he says, no, no, don't do that. 
and then he manages to get on the plane to see the yeah. creek. But Ford has also reached out to McClintock. He's, he's talking to him about what Sam's just told him. Now, we're going to need transmission rates of every possible carrier, insect, marine, animal, human. If this thing is spreading, we need to know where it's going and how fast it's getting there. Billy, they placed us in a hold mode for clean sweep. Donnie, you and I both know we can throw these people a lifeline. No, we have to proceed with conventional containment. And you have to maintain an absolute media blackout. Control your subordinates. Daniel's in line? Yes, sir. I don't believe that when I see it. Anything else? No, sir. Good luck, Billy. See, this is the bit where you go, hang on, you got a lifeline? What's going on here? And that, so that's kind of your first real indication that they, they didn't just see the virus before, but they've yep. they've worked on it. They've got some yep. information. They've got an anti-serum. Yeah. yeah. So we, it, Cedar Creek is in lockdown. That's a familiar term. They've locked the whole town down. And uh, Ford, though, has sent the E1101 anti-serum to see if it works yep. with some patients. He decided, you know what? He said, you know, he mentioned we can throw them a lifeline. He decided to do it anyway. Yes. Sam arrives in Cedar Creek and spots Robbie. He works out uh, – this is a great part. When, the, when they're in the hospital and they've got all the virus patients isolated in one room, mm. and then the doctor comes out and he goes, look, there's an injured motorist in the other room, it's and he's showing signs yeah. of infection. Yeah, a car, a car crash. He's had a, a car crash. And he goes in the other room and sees the lesions on, on his face. And I like this when he looks up at the at the air conditioning grill. It's another the, one of these the, the moments where it's a camera through. work. You know, the camera takes you yeah. on a tour of the air conditioning ducts and then it ends up at the containment room and he, he basically just announces that the thing's airborne and that's it's airborne, a yeah. massive I like it when drama. the camera comes down, you see Sam is, is standing under that under the one where all the virus victims are mm. and they they realise, well, you know what, we've got some problems here. Sam once again fronts Ford. Excuse me, General. You got a minute? Oh, there you are, Sam. Colonel Briggs has been looking for you. Colonel, take this man into cover. We're in deep shit, Billy. The virus is aerosolized. What are you talking about? It's going airborne. Colonel, would you excuse us? Certainly, sir. Mataba is only spread through direct human contact. Now, you said that yourself, Sam. I know what I told you, but now I'm telling you we're facing a new strain. What? It spreads like the flu. Impossible. Fine. Go to the hospital, check it out yourself. Go without a mask, you'll see more clearly. <laughs> you got 19 dead, you got hundreds more infected, and it's spreading like a brush fire. You got to isolate the sick, and I mean really isolate them, Billy. We got to get everybody else back into the houses. We got to keep them there. We're doing that, Sam. No, we're not doing it because I just drove through 100 people. And if one of them has got it, then 10 of them have got it. And if one of them gets out of Cedar Creek, Billy, then we're in deep fucking shit. And we're already in deep fucking shit. And if you're going to arrest me, arrest me now. All right, Sam, all right. So Sam's pulling out all the stops here. We've all felt he's, that way. Uh, you know, he's driven through a crowd of people and he's thinking, where's, yeah. the, lo- where's the lockdown? We're all driving. We're, we're walking around going, hey, yeah, yeah, where are all these people out? Well, remember, remember that back in 2020? We're like, hang on a minute. You, you're, meant <laughs> to be, you're meant to be at home. <laughs> well, do you remember when McClintock had a previous conversation with Ford? He mentions clean sweep is on the is on the agenda. Yeah, we learn what that is. So that that's an explanation of why perhaps they're not bothering to round everyone up because they know what clean sweep is actually going to do. Yeah. So that's a little little Easter egg right there. 
they visit the pet shop and they find the sick monkey. So they 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 learn that they 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 see the the monkey can't be the host because it's uh, it's not dead, but it's 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 sick. Yes, yeah, so the um, host wouldn't get sick, and that's the point. They no, see the monkey, and they're like, right. oh, it's a monkey, and then they go, hang on, it's yeah, sick, so it can't be sick. the host. So people attempt oh, – oh, this is, was a really horrendous part. People are trying to escape from Cedar Creek. Pretty bit radical, eh? They shot, shot and killed them, burned the car. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> that's a bit extreme, don't you reckon? Well, they were told to stop. Yeah, I guess. But, yeah, we didn't no, – no one shot and killed during COVID, was there? Trying to do so. things. Yeah. Anyway, Sam sees the E1101 serum and finds Ford in the hospital. Really? She was one of the first ones infected. What's the 1101? It's an experimental antiserum from Yale Virology. I figured it might be worth a try. I read the journals. I haven't read a word about E1101. Where'd you get it, Billy? You know, I can call Yale in a second. Damn it, Sam. I want to save these people same as you. I'm using everything in the arsenal. We have to work together, Sam. Are we? Are we what? Are we working together, sir? Oh, shit. She's well, gone. that didn't work. But he takes the serum. Yes. That's what Sam does. It- Sam takes the little bag of serum and thinks, hang on a minute. Yeah, find out what this is. He goes, well, it's not orange juice. I think he goes, find out what it is, take it apart. So uh, Sam gets starts that investigation with the serum, um, and the residents then begin to be taken into custody. Remember there was that scene of the family, the mum's yeah. obviously sick, the dad and the daughters are at the table, and the daughter was about to reach out, and the dad grabs her, don't, don't go near mother. So that was a bit, that was a bit sad, the mum leaving, being taken out of a home. Casey is looking at the test slides, and this is the – I think he's, he walks away and his suit catches and tears, and he panics and goes, oh, my God, runs out, and we don't know anything yet, but it's – you know, you're in a BL4 lab. You don't want any of that happening. Yeah, wild. Meanwhile, at the White House, following McClintock's advice – but he told them that he goes, we've got total widespread infection within 48 hours. And the person who I'm assuming is the chief of staff. Yeah, I thought so then, too. I thought chief of staff. He's just yes. shown the wildest animation of the spread of this thing across America in literally 48 hours. And the, all the advisors, all the, you know, um, they'd be secretaries of different departments. They'd be defense heads. They're all tasked with now convincing the president properly and standing by the president. All right, all right, please, please. The president's ETA from the East Asia Economic Summit is about 20 hours from now. He wants a recommendation by then from this group. Now, as I understand it, you want to firebomb the town of Cedar Creek, California, population 2,600, with something called a fuel air bomb, the most powerful non-nuclear weapon in our arsenal. The way it works, it explodes, sucks in all available oxygen to the core, vaporizes everything within a mile of ground zero, men, women, children, and one airborne virus. Destruction complete, case closed, crisis over. This Constitution of the United States, I've read it cover to cover. I don't find anything in it about vaporizing 2,600 American citizens. But it does say several times that no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process. So, 
couple things before clean sweep is even considered. One, unanimous, unwavering support for the president on this one. And I mean public. You're going to stand there shoulder to shoulder with him. He goes down, you go down. And the second thing is, I want an army of experts citing hundreds and thousands of lab experiments, telling any idiot with a camera that there was no other way. All right, so that's pretty dire. These uh, they're going to bomb this town. Uh, when, when I liked how he said, he goes, "I want a whole team of experts to say that we <laughs> this is the yeah. only way we could do it." Yeah, and I, li- I like the the line that was, "If there's anyone that doesn't agree with this, get him in oh, here. Yeah. Like yeah. they've got to be here because they've got to be part of this conversation." Yeah. Now they're trying to find. They're, they're conducting interviews with CDC at the Biotest Lab, and this was after Sam told them twice to go back and keep interviewing people. Yeah. Finally, they revealed this dodgy security guard. Remember? So yep. I think that right over, That's information they needed all, all along. Yeah. Yeah. They also notice that the sick monkey. Remember they brought the sick monkey. That the orange juice worked. Remember the E eleven oh one. Yeah. Worked on the monkey but not on humans remember because there's the the different the strains different strains yeah. yeah meanwhile casey in the middle of the lab collapses yeah. so he's obviously been infected from that tear in his suit um so uh, he he hits the deck and they 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 treat him and then you see this sort of this periods pass or like like a, a not, not even a few hours where he's getting much worse and robbie is trying to administer him trying to uh give him a, a needle and he convulses and she stabs herself with the needle. Oh. So she rushes in thinking, oh, my God, she takes off all the gloves and sees blood coming out of her thumb. What's your first thought at that point? Because i got to tell you, I'm running to the sink. I'm going, right, I'm chopping off a finger. Like, I, like, what do you oh, do? Like, wow. there's nothing yeah. you can do. Like, no, nah, she poured stuff on it. Yeah, once it's in there, it's in there, isn't it? It's like it's microscopic. Man. So. That was uh, that's another another element of the film, right? So it's a, again intention obstacle, intention obstacle. This is another obstacle in their uh, way now. Uh, so we we see that Sam tells Ford that they they actually they they could have they could have saved them. Yes, yeah, Sam. You knew about Mataba all along. The eleven oh one was the anti serum. You could have stopped this outbreak before it mutated, but you didn't. We couldn't. We? We. 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 That's all you need to know. No, I want the host. You got to tell me what the host is. We never found the host. We had to synthesize the antiserum. Sure, to protect the troops. But now the virus comes here and two kids die. And we could have stopped it right then and there, but we don't because we have to protect the perfect biological weapon. But then the virus mutates and we can't stop it now. And we could have then. The decision was made in the interest of national security. At the time, it was felt that we could afford a certain number of losses. Robbie's infected. So he does, uh, he lays it on the line right there. Um, Sam learns then about clean sweep and is told that they found out Jimbo had smuggled a monkey out of the facility. So remember the guy that died in Boston? Yep. The, um, so basically, uh, and, now this is the point in the movie where they've kind of pieced it all together. That whiteboard that they had, where there was missing links and stuff, yeah. they've kind of pieced it all together. They know that Jimbo smuggled the monkey out. They essentially know the monkey is the host, and they've they've got to find it. But the problem is, you know, the the clean sweep. The problem is this obliteration of Cedar Creek. So they realise that Jimbo, that the monkey must have arrived on a ship. So they decide we, we've got to find out. So Robbie 
Robbie's starting to get sick, right? So this is ex-wife Sam. He's he's on a on a he's on an arrest on site order as well, by the way. So just raise the stakes even further. So they decide they've actually got to go and track down the ship. So they hijack a helicopter. George, yeah. you heard about this virus. Need we say more? Okay, we need all the bills of lading from ships arriving from Africa in the last three months. George. Uh-huh. Shall I cough on you, George? No, Mrs. Pananidis. <laughs> now you're talking, George. Uh, Mrs. Pananidis. What? I think these men need some help. Biotest has to be very careful in its paperwork. Live cargo, federal regulations. Thank you. Right, here's our list. Compare it with your biotest list. All right, you ready? Yes, sir. Number one, Petrov. Same. Number two, Venus. Same. Number three, Patricia. Same. Number four, Ty Cook. Ty Cook? No, sir. No. No, sir. Arrived in San Francisco a week ago carrying a monkey. No. Delivered no. a biotest. Negative, sir. It's not on the list? No, sir. That's our vessel. Sir, sir. That's the, the boat. The Thai cook has set out the sea already, sir. So what? How are we going to locate it? I got a friend in the Coast Guard. I can make a call easy. How close a friend? Closer than his wife would lie. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Pandanides, eh? She's oh, having an incredible practice. so good. So they jump in the helicopter. And they have to go and track. They find it's just left San Francisco. So they actually head out and they, uh, Sam jumps on board. I think um, the, this is considered a mistake in the movie because do you remember before Dustin Hoffman, Sam jumps off onto the boat. He right. tells, Salt tells him, tell him to clear an area so that he can land later and take oh, him off the boat. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you're thinking, how the hell you get back on the helicopter? But he told him before he jumped, Tell them to clear an area, and that's how he got got back. But right. when they get to the onto the ship, they find the guy, they find a guy who speaks English for a start. He takes him into the into the cooler, and the guy his body is in there, looking like he's been ravaged by the virus. Mm. And then he asks to see where he slept, and he notices the photos underneath the bed or on above his bed. Oh, mate, took a Polaroid of, of the monkey. Yeah, so uh, he's thinking right up. So they've worked out that Jimbo must have released the animal. So what do they do? They head to a TV station and hijack the broadcast. He's got a photo. That's all right. That's look the, out. You guys can look That's the here. guys. Two, get, get your camera on him. Can you tell me which camera to talk into? Right there. All right. My name is, is Colonel Sam Daniels. I'm here with uh, Major Salt. We are not infected with the Motaba virus, but many other people are. We have identified the, the animal carrying the virus, and we need your uh, help finding it. The animal that's carrying the Metabo virus is a monkey. This is a photo of the animal. Can you get in close, please? Can you get a shot of it, please? Somebody get in as close as you can. It's a small monkey about the size of a cat. It has a white face. It has dark fur running down its back. Please do not attempt to capture it yourself. Don't even go near it. What you can do is, if you see this monkey, call this number at the Center for Disease Control in Atlanta. The area code is 404, and it's 555-9653. Again, if you see this monkey, do not go near it. Do not. Now, that sound at the end oh. was the mother. Remember the little girl that had, had yep. like, he, she drew a picture of the monkey, and she was, yep. the, she was talking to her mother about, oh, Betsy, I'll call her Betsy. The mother had seen that broadcast, dropped the plates, and she, no, she thought, okay, well, this monkey that they're talking about is the friend of the daughter, the little friend that she made. Yeah, and so within minutes she's actually called the station, and they realise that uh, that they they need to go 
to they need to dra- draw it out. Remember the little girls got some apples and that trying to bring it out. They're they're trying to tranquilize it. She gets in the way. Oh my god! Then, the bit where she steps yeah, in the way and you think, she oh my steps god, in front of it. Ah! And, it was, and the best part is Sam uh, Sam's character does the same thing as as we as the viewers, which is yeah. oh, like flinch at it. That 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 was epic. Yeah. But they eventually tranquilize it and take it back to Cedar Creek to start making the serum. Meanwhile, Operation Clean Sweep has begun, and on the way back to the Cedar to Cedar Creek, they tangle with McClintock and two army helicopters on the way back. Fellas, our fugitive is a carrier of the disease, and we're going to take him into quarantine at Travis. All right, let's go. Big Eye, Big Eye, Viper Flight is airborne. Do you see us? Viper, Big Eye, Paint You Flight of Two, standing by, over. Come on, Major, don't give me any shit and listen very carefully. Put General Ford on the phone, tell him it's Colonel Daniels and it's urgent. Sam, where the hell are you? Billy, we're on our way back. We got the host. What? We found the host, Billy. (sighs) Yes, sir, you got to call up the bombing. Well, I'll buy you some time. That's all I can do. You get your ass back here quickly, safely. Yes, sir. Uh, Sam, you may run into some resistance on your way back. Resistance? Hmm. That makes it a little tough to get back safely, doesn't it, Billy? <laughs> <laughs> so this again, is a cool little helicopter That's just chase. another moment of Ford, and there's been several of them where he just yeah. goes, a little, like, you know, bringing in the, the, the serum, all those little things that he says, yeah. just his way of going, you know what, I'm not fully on board with old McClintock. And and it's showing too that he's more on Sam's side than he rec- than he knows. Like Sam doesn't think he's on his side, but he that's actually right. is. Yeah, they, that's we're point. seeing these little things happening. Yeah. Um. So this is a nice little helicopter chase uh, through uh, along a river and through the forest. And here's a clever little thing. Memory goes. I guess are those missiles on the side? Fire a couple into the into the forest, and it'll give them the impression that they may have crashed. So it'll sort of it'll yeah, slow it them genius. down a little bit. So really well smart. done. Yeah. So that that sort of throws them off their off their tail. They get back to Cedar Creek. The serum's being made and administered, including for Robbie. Now, Clean Sweep is still on. Yeah, and Ford tries to talk McClintock out of it. It'll lead the bombing. Don't worry, your sentimental bullshit. For God's sake, Danny, don't you see there's a chance we can save these people? Sandman one, Viper one. I'll copy over. Viper 1, Sandman 1, send your traffic over. We had the antiserum and didn't use it. Don't you think that's going to come out? I can defend that. It's not about saving our asses anymore, Danny. You are to proceed immediately with Operation Clean Sweep. Is that understood? Over. Daniels knows about the African camp. Uh, Roger, Viper. Sandman is proceeding. Out. So there, Sam is once again the thorn in McClintock's side yep. here. Yep. Sam and Salt decide when they realize that the, the 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 cargo plane is on its way to deliver the bomb, they decide to fly into the path and talk to the pilot. You hear me, don't you guys? I'll say it one last time. These people that you're going to bomb are not the enemy. We can kill the virus without killing these people. And I swear to you on my soul that the President of the United States does not have the facts. He does not know that we have a serum that is working. Do you really think he wants to blow up the town? Oh, Christ, guys. If you think I'm lying, drop the bomb. If you think I'm crazy, drop the bomb. But don't drop the bomb just because you're following orders. 
What you haven't been told is that your superiors have another agenda. Don't you understand that right below you in Cedar Creek, there's a biological weapon that they've been manufacturing illegally for the last 30 years? So that's the subtext yeah. of this whole thing. So That's right. The, that's actually a good point. It's, it's, yeah. it, it sums up the, the whole you know, challenge of, of this, yeah. this virus. This whole conspiracy, the reason they kept it under wraps was because this could be used as a weapon. Yeah. And, uh, and, and now Sam has, has made that pretty, pretty clear. But I love this when, and again, another, pr- another proof here that General Ford is actually out to help Sam. <laughs> Colonel Daniels, this is General Ford. I remind you that you are interfering with presidential authority. Sandman has a specific line to the target. If you are in his way, he cannot complete his bombing run, and that will be held to pay. Do you understand? Over. Why do you say that? Beats the hell out of me. Billy, are you dumb or something? You just told him how to stop the- <laughs> <laughs> He says it, and then he's like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, you're too late, baby. <laughs> and they end up dropping them. This was really well done, this bit where the, the bomb it drops so out of the back of the plane. Because, because at, that point, thinking, oh at that point, I'm like, well, these, these blokes had a job to do. And they're yep. following through because you've got Ford all along has kind of been well. You've got yes. you've got Sam is just denying you know, all authority. Then you've got Ford who's had this doubt in his mind. McClintock that is just far, far too rigged. And then you've got what I would I would describe as the 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 quintessential uh, military personnel. We are doing yes. what we're told yeah. to do. We're following orders. Following yep. orders. Even though they had to go off, they dropped the bomb anyway. And you're like, oh man, it's full on. But then you see it. It actually detonates out at sea. But isn't it like I don't know whether that's two seconds, five seconds, or ten seconds. It's it's yeah, enough. It was about for you, ten. It was it's a enough long for time. you to yeah, really think. Wow, this is. I mean, this is a lot to think about. Well, get this, okay. The original script had the bomb exploding over the town. Right. Right. Vaporizing the town. They even did the special effects for that shot. Wow. They had. They showed it in test screenings. The Filthy. audience hated it. Yeah, of course. Hated it, forced them to reshoot the end with the town being saved. Mm. That's interesting so because Ford, uh, that's interesting because it is it's kind of predictable. What what the outcome we get is kind of predictable. And it's yep. interesting that audiences don't respond to a, a, a negative outcome. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I think what would have happened here, you would have seen if in the in the original ending with the bomb vaporizing the town. You would have seen Ford give himself up and say, look, I'm in on this. We should have done this, whatever. You see McClintock getting arrested, which he does in the next scene anyway. So it would have been more of them. The happy ending would have been them saying, Sam, you were right. We're criminals. See you later. That would have been the happy okay, ending. Okay, yeah, right. Don't think the audience quite bought that. Yeah, but gotcha. Ford uh, relieves McClintock of duty. Sandman, this is General Ford. You will ignore that order. For the record, I am relieving General McClintock of command for the crime of withholding vital information from the President of the United States. I have in no way withheld vital information from the President of the United States. Colonel Briggs? Sir? You will place General McClintock under arrest. If I go down for this, Billy, you go down for it. It's out of our hands now, Donnie. Which is and the fact he called him by his first name too, yeah. Donnie. Yeah, they all like Billy, Sam. They're, they're that was a the ultimate betrayal, really. Well, well not yeah. betrayal. He he had to relieve him of command, but he said, "Look, even though you're my mate, I've got to I've got to do this." Yeah, hundred percent. 
So we see then the film ends with Robbie already feeling better with the serum. They've saved the town. Sam's a hero and all's well in the world. And everyone in 2020 and 2021 is thinking, well, how long's the serum <laughs> taking? Where's the host? <laughs> yeah. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, where's the monkeys? All right, let's get into some lines, some pretty good ones in this one. Uh, and you know what? Every line here, all from Kevin Spacey's character, Casey, starting with this one. He hasn't been up this early since Nixon was in office. I'm going to tell him he said that. I'll deny it. That's <laughs> talking about General Ford. <laughs> Now, uh, this is another one, too, when uh, they're describing uh, the effects of, of uh, the Motaba virus. Listen to the way it rolls off your tongue. Motaba. Well, you know, it sounds like a perfume. One drop and you'll feel so different. Your lover will melt in your arms. Here, try a sample. <laughs> Maybe that's when he threw, he threw something that, in the like lab and it wasn't it, the right it's one. A nice, it's a nice little, um, you know... Exposition of his personality. I think that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And this one, when he's sick, he's sick. Remember, he's uh, he's got the virus, and Sam comes to see him. How many brain cells did I kill? How many? Five billion. Oh. Now I'm only as smart as you. <laughs> now I'm only as smart as you. Kill the billion brain cells. <laughs> it's a great one. <clears throat> Righto. There's, uh, how did that happen? Yeah. Some plot holes here, mate. Now, at the beginning of the film, remember it said Zaire, 1967? Yep. The country was called Zaire between 1971 and 1997. In 1967, it was actually called the Dem- Democratic Republic of the Congo. Ah. I reckon they changed that because modern day, you would have seen Zaire, modern day, they wanted Mo- Zaire in 1967 as well. would have been confusing if you had the Republic of the Congo, and then Zaire. People, you needed to think, know it was the right, the same place. Yeah, fair call. Yeah. I think I think that's why they changed that. Remember when they're chasing, they're, they're going out to catch the, the ship. Remember Ty Cook has left the yeah. um, San Francisco, and Sam says that the Loach or helicopter, the Hughes H6, has got 400-mile range before they need to refuel. Seemed a lot to me for a small uh, chopper. Yes, it was only the actual range is two sixty seven miles. Right. So I don't know they might not have got back to shore safely. Right. Now you know the monkey that was the host? It's called the Capuchin monkey. Okay. You know, with the white face and all that. They are not naturally occurring in Africa. Oh, where the hell are they from? You cannot find them in Africa, in, in Asia and other countries. Ah, yeah. right. Now one I think one really glaringly obvious um shot which was fake was remember when they 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 blew up the truck when they were trying to leave in the Hummer? Yep. Did, they were obviously like they were just had dummies, dressed up dummies in the truck <laughs> that were burning. It was so obviously yeah, fake. it didn't look right yeah. at all. All righty. Things you might not know, Trev. Betsy, you know, the white-headed capuchin monkey, mm. this isn't his first appearance on screen. What? He was the monkey on Friends. Oh, that same oh, monkey wow. was Marcel, so Ross's, Ross's pet. pet. Remember Ross had the monkey? Wow. That's the same monkey. That's what. And they actually there was a there was a joke that cuz cuz he'd appeared on Friends, he appeared on on Outbreak. They actually made up a fictional movie poster with him big picture of the monkey and it said Outbreak 2: The Virus Takes Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Now you know when he when <clears throat> Casey was in the in the in the lab, he was wearing the blue suit. Yep. In the level four lab, you know how they had a special air supply yep. as well. 
Now, apparently, the sound that the air supply makes me, it's so loud you can't hear other people. You can't hear other people talking. Oh, right. But the other part of that means, it too, that because the the suits should have looked inflated. I was going to say. Because there's the air supply. Yeah. 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 So they're pretty, that, yeah, that wouldn't have looked very good in the movie. So point being that if Casey tore his suit, it shouldn't have ended with an infection because air would have blown out. out of the suit, not into the suit. Yeah. The scenes in Cedar Creek were filmed in Ferndale, California. So tanks and helicopters were, were, for two months of filming, tanks and helicopters were part of the day-to-day routine there. Wow. Did you notice Colonel Daniels, you know he's a bit of a rebel, right? Yep. When he's in his army uniform, Mm. he never wears his hat. No. Never wears a hat once. And it's because he didn't like how he looked in it. Dustin Hoffman didn't like it, so he thought, you know what? I'm not wearing it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, the the monkey in the pet store that was infected at the same time as Rudy, remember, so there was a second monkey. Mm. It's infected several hours later before uh, Alice's, Alice is infected. The monkey has no antibodies, so should have died around the same time that Rudy died. True. So the fact the monkey yeah. should the monkey should have been dead long long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> helps that uh, he he was alive to help him work out what the hell went on. Yeah. Now before I get to my three questions for Trev, yep. I found uh, I dug deep to find the opinion of this movie from an actual virologist. Oh, wow. Right. I found this Deborah Wistie-Peterson. She's a BioNet virologist. This is what she said about Outbreak. I saw Outbreak and thought the movie was totally stupid. It made scientists look like a bunch of miracle workers that can cure any evil virus-caused disease within days of its discovery. It made military officers look like a pack of megalomaniacal crazies, and it is so bloody inaccurate that I was simply astounded. One of the many inaccuracies, screening for the virus in blood samples using a light microscope. Another example, looking at an electron micrograph of the virus within mere hours of it being discovered, Another example, 100% virulence and it kills within hours. Another inaccuracy, using the monkey serum to cure all the sick people within the town within hours of infusion. Like that monkey has that much serum. Did you see how much serum was in the bag that was given to the sick doctor? That was a big serum donation for a monkey that was the size of a house cat. Or uh, if the monkey survived the donation process, that is. Another inaccuracy was the fact that the victims of the virus, Mutaba, apparently recovered without any permanent damage to their internal organs. If this virus can kill within hours, then why were these people perfectly healthy after being on their deathbeds only hours previous to receiving the monkey serum? Well, wow. What a way <laughs> it's to only bring a movie. it down. Yeah, just take a Deborah, chill, love. It's only a movie. Jesus. <laughs> But you know what? It's like, like, are, if you're an expert in your field and they make a movie, there's a suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Like I, I left that to the very last bit of the show because I didn't want it to sort of take away from because it was a great movie. I really enjoyed great the movie. movie and right? you know, what? I don't think anyone like I'm looking at it going, "Geez, they come up with that viral solution quickly." You know, like I'm not thinking, "Dude, <laughs> whiz, did we do the pandemic it's a movie. wrong?" It's thinking it's a movie. Yeah, income. Calm down. Exactly love. right. All right. Three questions for Trent. Despite Debbie Downer's yeah, little report from her. a Bionet, yep. did the movie seem plausible to you? 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah. The question two, do Sam and Robbie get back together again? Yeah. 
it's a, so the it's wife, a bond. They, they get, it's a, it's he, a whole he new saves bond. her life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Question three. Do Ford and McClintock come before a Senate inquiry for their actions? What's it called? A ma- what's a, a court-martial? Court <laughs> they're court-martialed and they're in the clink. Fair enough. All righty. Well, that is Outbreak. Give us your wrap-up and rating. No, I really enjoyed it. Plausibility is is important. Yeah, suspension of disbelief in a, in a few things, like uh, like our man Rog. The, uh, the the chopper chase was a bit wild. It was a bit Top Gun Maverick style. It's like the choppers <laughs> calmed down. Um, little, little things like that, but I, that that doesn't worry me. I like the, I like the arcs of stories that you can invest in, and and I felt invested in it. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mate, loved it. I, I wish I had to watch it with Jackson, but he was doing homework. Um, so it's it's rewatchable for me. It's uh. Oh, seven and a half. I'm going to give it eight. I'm going to give it eight. Yeah, I'm an I'm an eight point five. I really rate this movie. I really like it. There are a couple of little plot holes in it, and couple, I reckon even though it's action all the way, there were a couple of little sections they could have trimmed. I reckon to maybe bring like it under what? two hours. There could have been. Well, you know the the back and forth with the CDC, and they're they're talking about oh we've got to issue an alert. They do that twice. I'm thinking once is enough. That's that's yeah, one that's bit. true. And the back and forth with like Ford, Sam fronts Ford, I reckon, six times in the movie. Yeah. And so you, I reckon that you could have maybe streamlined that a touch too. But look, I, I still rate it. I'm an 8.5. Uh, really enjoyed it. And, and it's one of those movies that you find when it's on TV, when it's on, I'm thinking, well, I've got to watch it till the end now. Yeah. It's, it gets you in the tractor beam right there. All righty. Do you want to talk about next week? Why not? Next week, we're watching Collateral, starring Tom Cruise. And Jamie Foxx released in 2004. It was directed by Michael Mann. Now, you know the question is going to be about the director, right? Of course. What other Michael Mann-directed movie have we already covered on the show? Don't make me have a memory. A, The Player, B, Heat, C, Sully, or D, The Social Network? Heat. Correct. Yeah, baby. Heat. Michael Mann wrote and directed Heat, one of my favourite movies of all time. We have covered it on the show. Love that movie. He directed Collateral. Didn't write it. A guy named Stuart Beatty wrote it. But more about that next week. Collateral starring Tom Cruise, Jamie Foxx. So tune in then, Trev. But I'm glad you enjoyed Outbreak, and I hope our listeners did as well. We look forward to seeing you next week. See you, mate. See you then.